Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. That means you are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood. And um, as always, we'll begin with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, Grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. St. Joseph, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, it's me and Thaddeus today. How are you doing, Thaddeus? Hey, 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 uh-oh. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, technical issues, but um, anyway. That's called forgetfulness. That's, or forgetfulness. That's not turning okay. up the mic. Well, the mic is up now, and Thaddeus is here with us. And, and I, you know, again, I hope this is something that um, people can use. It's it's something that we've I've kind of touched on before, but um, with – Sports and I'm I'm really have got a bad problem with sports. I I mean, really need yeah. some some help. Well, I I just I will tend to stay up and watch things because I'm I really want to watch it. I mean, so whether it's NBA playoffs or College World Series or the the stuff leading up to it, um, I got chastised by my wife last night because I stayed up to watch. Well, I watched Texas, then I watched oh. the the other the other. Uh, game which was Arizona, and then, and then I wanted to see highlights of the <laughs> basketball game. So you know, I didn't roll down to bed till. And I've got the problem. Give is, me that remote. Well, no. So I wasn't watching it at, in the room. I was upstairs with my boys, which is you know. So it's family time. I mean, your 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 boys yeah, are home, yeah, and they love. They all, do. So who's home right now? Well, they're all home. But Kennedy and Grayson are the biggest. Kennedy is the biggest fan he knows what's going on knows everybody so it's become when he comes home it's always a we you know we could sit around and talk he's like one of my old friends i mean he's not he's my son but but with regard to like when we get to talking about sports he's always got something to say and it's like you said a couple weeks ago he is starting to become not your friend but the somebody that you'd like to be friends with. Right. And, and I think is how you said it. And it is. And I think, and you know, we always said that we wanted to raise kids that, that we would one day want to be friends that we would, there'd always be our children. Mm-hmm. We've always treated them as such, but, but friends from the standpoint that we value their opinion, we enjoy their company. Right. That, and, and vice versa. And, um, and so I think that, you know, Jury's still out. We're still it's still a work in progress, but um, but now that they're older, um, it's definitely um, been a joy to do it. And when they're home, you know, it's a <laughs> when, when they are home, it's fun. Particularly when there's stuff going on that's that's interesting. I mean, you see texts, you know, text from my son like, "Dad, get up here." You know, to watch the, watch. I'm like, well, no, I need to help mom with the dishes. You know, no, fact, no, get up here now. now we we'll got, we got a great game going okay, on. Stephanie, so, yeah, hey, but, duty calls. No, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, um, 
Yeah, it it is definitely one of those things that 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 I enjoy because I th- because there's so much there's such the human element and there's so many amazing things sports movies in fact i just got one i have not seen having read anything but my dad was like you've got to go see this the 12 mighty orphans which is about some really it just got released in the theater it's about apparently a high school football team from like 1938 or something up in fort worth but um cool but I, 12 I no mighty idea. orphans i think so that's what i what he what he said i looked it up uh sounds I, like something that aggies would be into with the number 12 I have no, yeah, I have no idea um, anything, but, you know, I'll get texts all the time on, on sports movies. And the reason is, is I think that particularly for those people like you and I that enjoy sports, um, there is a human element. There's all, there's also seems to be some sort, particularly when you watch shows like about Rudy or people who overcome great um, odds to do Hoosiers. It. Hoosiers. I think the faithful, I think, is one that about a guy that played at University of Arkansas. It was a walk-on, got mm-hmm. teased, and ended up being an All-American and then died suddenly in a, in a car crash right after he had been named All-American and been drafted. Um, so, but I think they made a movie a couple years ago about um, – the te- the women's basketball team at the small little Catholic college that the oh, yeah. that the sisters started. Okay, not, I don't know. are you you remembering that? I don't vaguely. But I but I guess for for people who enjoy, I mean, I grew up in a family that that sports, particularly yeah. football, but sports in general was yeah. was kind of what what we did. Um, I assume some of our listeners out there uh, are that, and I don't think that this necessarily when we get down to the nitty gritty of the things that I think that that can be taught through sports, that that doesn't mean that it couldn't be drill team or the band or any other, you know, um, extracurricular where you're dealing with other people in a, in a cheerleading, whatever. So I think these are all, all of those are, are the same. So if you'll bear with me, we'll, we'll, stick to sports and, and team sports in terms of things that I think that have that I've been able to use to teach my kids. Um, it provides opportunities that that are not not fabricated, but they they're gonna naturally occur <laughs> in um, if your kid is involved in something like that. So uh, hopefully you'll bear with us and and excuse us if if feel like it's just that a lot of this will be, Catechism tied to hopefully catechism, <laughs> but, but um, I, I just think that sports is just a great opportunity. And and you know what's what's interesting, and and it's not T sport. I was just looking up a couple of of verses from Saint Paul. Um, they kind of talk about it. So I'm just going to read. This is First Corinthians nine, uh, twenty four to twenty seven. Um, is one, and then I'll read another one just to kind of get us started with with the Word of God, with with Scripture. Um, so here's 9, 20, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, and following up till, up till chapter 10. Do you not know that in a race all runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things, they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Well, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I pommel my body and subdue it, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So I, I, I don't think it's a stretch to link athletics or some, some sort of sport to this because St. Paul does it himself. And then he also, you know, in, in 2 Timothy... Uh, three, um, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Uh, from, from now on, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which is, which the Lord, the righteous judge will award me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who loved his appearing. So again, there, there's this sense of competition. There's a sense of, of, um, Fighting a fight, 
of running a race, perseverance, perseverance, all those, all those type of things. And so, um, we're just going to springboard off of that into why I think, um, athletics is sports, uh, any team sport and even individual sport has something to offer to make a connection between the, um, between real life or, or life, not, not real life, but life that we live in day to day and the spiritual life. Mm. Does that seem fair to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just start first. Of, first of all, I, I, I love the, uh, the aspect of being part of a team because in the sense we're, you know, th- that could be likened weekly. And as with all an- analogies, it, it falls short of what's actually occurring and being the body of Christ, but there's this great sense of everybody's valuable. So we as, you know, in this day and age when everybody wants to be the superstar and everybody wants to be, you know, in first place, I think it's always important from, from that standpoint to look at a team and recognize, you know, Paul talks about the body as being, there's not one that's more important than the other. They all, rely on each other they all have to have you know each other to exist you know does the you know the hand and the foot the the eyes they all are important the heart every part of a body is important and so to learn or to help your child learn by by that 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 there's a there is a role to be played in any team that may require that you're not the guy or the girl. I mean that that you have to work and recognize your spot, which I think is hard. I mean, I think in today not everybody can be first, not everybody can be the star, not everybody, but but everybody can recognize the role that they fill and do it. So for example, my I was so blessed to watch. I had I had two boys uh that were same two of the triplets, Kennedy and Colby. Well, Colby was reasonable to say he was certainly one of the stars of of the football team for a couple of years. Um, maybe not the star, but certainly one of the stars. And everybody knew who he was. And, you know, if he went and visited the elementary school, you know, people would say that's Colby, you know, that's Colby, Cashin. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then I had his brother, who, Kennedy, who... I, I was so grateful to see because I was very worried about how it was. So Colby had played really since his sophomore year in varsity, at least part of his sophomore year on varsity. He had started basically his entire junior and senior year. And Kennedy just was working up, you know, every every year just moving up as his grade would require him. So he didn't make varsity till he was a senior, which is the only place he could fit. Um, and so – I've seen people who don't make it either quit or I don't want to be a part of this. But what I saw, which was beautiful and and equally as fun to watch, was that my son embraced the fact. I mean, I would talk to him. I said, does it bother you that you're not playing? He goes, Dad, they're better than I am. (laughs) I mean, but he was out there every day practicing. There were times, particularly with younger because of his personality, there were there were there were kids that were younger than him that were good that would gripe and moan about not, you know, I remember one vividly where, where one of the kids who is a young star um, was griping that he'd only got two passes thrown to him and was griping to Kennedy. And Kennedy was like, dude, I mean, seriously, you're, you're, you're telling me that you're upset that you only got two passes thrown to you. I wasn't even on the field tonight. Right other than on the sideline. And so you should be grateful for the fact that you're playing. And and he filled a role that I think every team has to have. I was watching, you know, sorry for saying this, I was watching the University of Texas baseball team, and they got to the end of the game last night where they're going to win, and they, they were the, one of the guys was going up to bat, and the coach sent him back, and then out walks this kid. Well, he is a fifth-year senior. He had started... He had started pretty much every game as a junior and a and a 
kid came in and beat him out. He didn't. He played like in 10, 12 games this year, and they had him. They had him uh, come up to bat right at the end of the game, so he could get a, get an appearance in the. He really hadn't played the whole tournament. But but he came in at that at that time, and and what they were saying was the coach was saying you don't understand how instrumental it is to have a guy that's willing to say, that recognizes that the kid that's playing is better than him, but realizes also that his position as a senior, even if he's not playing, is critical to the success of the team by the way he handles that, and that he handled it. Perfectly. Well, he gets up, he hits a hard ball, it's a line drive. He goes back in the dugout, and his name's DJ, and the crowd starts chanting DJ, you know. Oh wow. And they call him they call him back out so he could tip his cap. Last the last thing that he'll ever experience as a player at at that thing. And and there's stuff like that that I think is so critical to to being human is to recognize there's always somebody better than you. I mean, there's always somebody who's more gifted, more talented, even people that may work harder than you. Um, the issue is not that. The issue is recognizing where you belong and how can I positively impact those people around us. That happens naturally in Little League. It, well, the opportunity presents itself in Little League, whether it's baseball. I, I think something that's great there in that example did I? Did no, you no, go one? ahead. No, uh, that I think also ties back to the Christian life and a lot of what you know. Saint Paul points out often, and Christ pointed out, taught very often um, that idea of you never know the day or the hour. Right. Like DJ, he got it that he needed to have oil in his lamp all the time. He needed to be ready at any moment to perform right you know he could be he could be called into that you said it was a pin, like a pinch hitting situation pinch hitting, I mean, he would they had a pinch hitter he was pinch hitting for a pinch hitter yeah. the pinch hitter had just come in for one at bat and literally was walking up to the plate and the coach walked down the line and said no go back <laughs> dj's yeah. dj's and that that takes a special um the the we you know we often focus on the stars on the field, the starters, the everyday guys. And there's a reason for that that I think yeah. we don't need to explain. But the role of being a reserve, the role of that, you know, that sixth man in a, on a basketball team is a little different even than what we're talking about. But that guy who who just has to, the backup quarterback in the NFL Absolutely. or Division One football, a great example of what we're talking about. Right. That guy who constantly has to be ready, but he probably will never play most of the time, but right. his role demands that he be ready to go in at a moment's notice. That's really what the Christian life demands of us if we're really sober and we look at it because we don't know the day or the hour. Right. And when our time here on earth is done, there's the judgment and that's all she wrote. Right. And and, I, and that is that, that idea of, of preparing for that day Without any reward, I think we we're in a society that tends to put on. I mean, probably not a society. I think human nature puts those people who are the best on pedestals. Oh, of course, yeah, because mean, part of it is because we as human beings, because of our divine nature, you know, our imago day that we're created in, we're drawn to the good, the true, and the beautiful, the excellent. You know, we we like to. We're drawn to that. We want to emulate that. We want to. So there's a good. There's a goodness to to that too. Absolutely, and the, and there's a there's a waiting period that that may or may not come to play. I think so. The, so again, tying to the incarnation of Christ, I think there's another. You know, there was always a joke which I've talked about from from one of my professors saying, you know, Mary knew who he was. <laughs> you know, and 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 one of my professors said, I mean, you, you got to think, and this is kind of half tongue in cheek, but but kind of a, a human response was like, you know, when he's 25 and he's just still being a good carpenter and all that kind of stuff that that the natural inclination is like, hey, don't you need to go about doing this Messiah business? <laughs> Isn't it time for you to go, uh -huh. you know? And and I think that there is that sense 
of us of wanting to hurry something when and and that's something you know the in, in instant gratification that's another thing that sports can do because it, it there's a great deal of working not necessarily knowing that it's going to pay off in in the human sense yes right i mean and but yet that's christian that is a christian way that in fact christ in the revelation of of his humanity said most people they didn't they didn't even they couldn't recognize him as who he was because they were so aware of how insignificant he seemed as a carpenter's son in Nazareth. Right. And, and I, and I think there's great, so we need to encourage our children to say, it's about the work. It's about the being the best that you can be with the gifts that you have. And we, as parents should be trying to direct them and guide them in terms of not, not just encouraging with that, but maybe they don't have a gift here, but there might be some other gift and let them know that even on a team that you're not, the star, and even on the team where you're paying two innings versus playing eight or, or the whole game, um, or you're just coming in at the end, um, there's value in that. And that tends to be, <laughs> I mean, right now, even like today, kids that get recruited as, you know, the quarterback, at, for example, they won't wait it out. I mean, they're, they're, we got to move on to the next school or to the next school because there's no sense of being part of a team. And mm-hmm. so I think it's getting undermined in, in, in recent times that I've got to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And I understand that there's other reasons for mm-hmm. that being there, but I think that there's great opportunity as kids come up to, to say, Hey, you're, you're not the best. You can work to be better and we're going to help you do that if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's not about being the best on the team. It's about being the best you. And that may not even be your baseball or football acumen. It may be like my son, the, a person who encourages, a person who chastises when appropriate, who has that relationship where he can say stuff like that and he's respected and a guy is better as a result of that because he goes, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting here griping and you didn't even get to play, you know? Yeah. I think what I see there in your son too is a wide, kind of a wide field of vision. Maybe he, right. he understands, um, he see he sees his role in the team in a, in a wider perspective. I think, I think that that's really a compliment. So, so it is, I mean, it's a compliment to him. I, 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 only talked to him about what he was feeling and how he felt being a senior and having some sophomores starting. And I thought it was healthy. And again, this is as a parent, you know, trying to explain to people, sometimes you have to, you have to look at yourself honestly in, in, in true humility, which is not demeaning yourself when that's not the truth. Humility is seeing yourself truthfully I mean, as you really are, or as close to as you really are, as that is, and 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 for him to be able to look me in the eye and say they're better than I am, um, yeah. is that's humility, um, true humility. I have a great quote here from from John Wooden, who's one of my oh, longtime goodness great UCLA basketball coach, uh, coached Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He coached Bill, uh, Walton. Bill Walton. Those are probably the two most famous of his players. Um, this is a famous quote. You've probably heard it before. Talent is God-given. Be humble. Fame is man-given. Be grateful. Conceit is self-given. Be careful. <laughs> That's perfect. And Isn't I think it? your son in that moment, he was operating right in the center of that little triangle. I think so. And, I, and, and again, I don't take credit for it other than the fact that I think as you grow up, I think it is very important to to be honest with your children, um, but carefully, lovingly, graciously, and with the intention of I'm going to help you. And the reason I say that is, so I look at Colby. Colby's the flip opposite. I mean, I've shared this story before, and it was in sports where I ended up 
accidentally becoming the head of, I mean, a head coach for, you know, a fifth grade or sixth grade um, city league football thing. And you had to fill out these forms and the forms would ask, you know, athlete, you know, how athletic are you? How much do you work with your child? You know, is he fast, slow, or a tortoise? I mean, you know, stuff like that. And so I'd filled this stuff out, not ever realizing it was going to end up back on my te- desk. Well, I would have filled it out the same way. But I think it gets to the point. He, you know, I brought him home when they called and said, hey, would you do this? And I said, okay, just make sure my kids are on the team. So I get this stack of who my players are, and I'm looking through who who parents say that they're the athlete or whatever. Well, I had said that he was slow because he was. Um, well, he just happened to see him laying out and started reading through, found his name and, you know, said, who says, who says I'm slow? And, and like I said, my oldest son was like, uh, dad says you're slow. And then he goes, because you are. <laughs> and, and so, um, the, if we leave it at that, that would be cruel. And I was, that's truth without grace. But, but I said, look, man, if you like football, if you want to do this fifth grade, if you like football, and this is, again, being as best as we can the image of God, right? So God's not afraid of the truth. He knows it. And you, and you shouldn't be afraid of the truth either. And so he was confronted with the truth. And then he said, well, I said, if you want to try to get faster, then let's figure something out. Well, he went and found twice the speed, which is some internet deal. And he said, Dad, could I get this? Because he's got workouts to make you faster. And I said, as long as you use it. And, you know, I said, and so literally from sixth grade, honestly, until this week, (laughs) He has used twice the speed on, this is not a plug for twice the speed, but, but he's used twice the speed to do it. And if you think about it, he actually, he actually ended up in junior high running the 100 meters. So, so sometimes the answer is confronted with the truth. Now, if he hadn't heard that, he might have thought he was fast and then been really disappointed when he got to high school. But because he had the truth and because a, a parent, Grace, gives him something he couldn't get himself, and then he uses so I mean, think about how perfectly that aligns with the way God operates in our life. Mm-hmm. He he provides us with the grace to be able to empower us to get better. We have to do something with it. So in a very weak analogy, but I think it's it's reasonable, I purchased for him something he couldn't, and I said, Here it is, use it. And then he worked at it. He used it faithfully. And then he became a guy that's a running back, which has got to be one of the faster yeah. guys on the team. Yeah, and so, so you have to see it that way. Now, Kennedy, you know, small. He knew he was small. I knew he was small. I'm not. I can't make him taller or bigger. <laughs> I mean, um, and so, in that case, I, you know, you 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 can be truthful with him. Like, hey, it, you know, it's great to be on the team, but. You know, you may have a difficult time playing when you get bigger. So parents don't, the answer is not to just fill them with encouragement, just to encourage them. It's to be truthful with them while at the same time providing them with, okay, how, how can I help you? I mean, if that's, what, if that's something you feel like you want to do, then I'm going to invest time to help you get better at it. And so... I think there's another. Le- oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I. I think there's a lesson that comes off of there for our faith, our life as Catholics. You know, Colby wanted to do that work. You know, and and he he made it his own, and right. it wasn't about you saying you will do this, you will do this speed. Program. Absolutely, and that's exactly the. That's exactly what our faith has to be. It has to be your own commitment. You have to put in the time intellectually, spiritually, physically to make your faith your own and to have that relationship with, with Christ and and the creator. It can't be, it can't be your parents. It's not your parents 
and, that, and I think there's a lot job in, in a sense to, to, a, to beyond a, beyond a certain point. It's not your parents' responsibility or, or job or place. Well, it's like anything that you do, you 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 have to walk the tightrope of guiding your children without imposing what you want for them on your children. Mm-hmm. You know, so for example, I mean, I another this is another one, Grayson was a kid that said, I don't want to be a quarterback. And I looked at him, I said, look, and I mean, I'm not trying to get, you're a quarterback. <laughs> you, you, everything about your skill set, your leadership capabilities, all that kind of stuff, you're a quarterback. And he didn't want to be one. He ended up being one. And, and he, he enjoyed it when he had the moments that were, where he recognized, wow, I, I mean, I could do something that other people can't do, but I never imposed that on him. I know, ne- you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I said, look, that's what you are. Um, K- Kennedy, if he'd said, I want to be a linebacker, I said, you know, you, you, <laughs> you're not a linebacker. Um, and so I think that there's that balance of truth and grace that you can teach your children because that's ultimately what God, God delivers. He helps you recognize the truth about yourself. And then he lines up all these different things, both in terms of the sacraments, the grace that's available there to you, but also in terms of the opportunities he provides, all those things. But he doesn't make them happen. He, we cooperate with him. Right. And and there's beauty in that. And that's what, it is, but like you said, it has to be made your own. I know plenty of parents who impose their will on their ch- child, and they may even be pretty good at it. But but until they make it their own, I'm doing this because of it's what I want. It's like anything else. The minute that they leave and they don't have to listen to you, then they're somewhat lost. Yep. And and so you have to. You have to walk that tightrope. Don't ever deliver truth without grace. Don't ever deliver truth without saying, but hey, there's something else that you're good at. Or, hey, I can help you get this. Can we buy you some lessons? Can we, you know, buy a, a, an internet speed enhancement thing? Or, I mean, whatever it is, we're here to help. So it's never delivered, you know, than the old American Idol Simon Cow thing. We used to watch that so I could show them. It's the truth, but the way he's delivering it is truth naked by itself. You're bad. Even laughing at them. But no, <laughs> there's nothing else. And then the flip side of, the, of that person walking out, everybody in the nation has just heard how bad this person is. He's not being not truthful. Mm-hmm. And the parent is saying, you're going to be a star. And you're going... Not at singing, you're not. There's no way. You could take lessons for the rest of your life, and it ain't happening. And, and so I've always said, do you, would you rather us tell you the truth, or would you, allow, would you want us to tell you you're really good when we know you're not, and then allow you to embarrass yourself like that without any work or before you go into, and they, and right. they And they say, okay, so that's how we kind of taught them. We're going to always tell you the truth as we see it. We could be wrong, but we're all, we're also always going to tell you your football acumen or your size does not define who you are. And there's also an extension to um, the moral life there that you can make, which is, you know, would you rather us just support you in what how you're living or what you're doing, or would you rather us tell you the truth if something that you're doing is, is not good for you. It's not going to make you happy or it's not safe. It's not right. You know, having that well established in the family that that's just how it's always going to be that well, so in, they're going to hear the truth from you. Well, no, no matter it, what it is. But like I said, that can be delivered in a harsh manner. And also you got to help them with understanding what are they trying to accomplish by this? What's the, what's the end of this? Because so like with Kingsley, who is a, a very good soccer player, we were going and as a family, we were making decisions to take weekends and be split up because we were taking her there and boys somewhere else. Right. And and again, this gets down to practical. Okay, why are we doing this? I mean, why are you doing it? Why are we doing it? And we had to nail that. So what's the purpose of us driving to Houston or San Antonio for for 
for a one-day game when we're splitting up as a family. And I said, the only reason that you need to do that is if you want to play college soccer. He said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, we need to figure that out because you're good enough to play high school soccer today. You, you'll play. And she said, well, how, how do you know that? I said, look, I wouldn't tell you that. <laughs> but then she, she ended up starting freshman all the way up because I knew she was good enough to play. But she didn't ever, she said she didn't want to play. So I'm not, I'm going to make a decision based on what's the goal. I mean, is the goal just to play high school sports or is it something else? And ultimately that by itself can't be the goal. You're trying to teach them, okay, you got to think about what, you know, I may be good at something. Again, it's part of discernment. I may be good at something, but why am I doing what I'm doing? That, that does not necessarily mean that's what I'm meant to do. So it's even part of discernment. Like, do you feel called to something that this is building towards? Or are you just doing this because you're good at it? And those are all things that I think are part of the whole parenting process is to help determine, so what are your goals? I mean, what's, and they may not know exactly, but sometimes you have to confront them with what, what's the purpose behind this? Or is it because you yeah. like being with your friends? That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Or is it because you want to be a professional athlete? Those are two different ways of approaching their participation. It's the same thing with life. I mean, you got to help them decipher, what. why am I doing this? Yeah, I think also there's something that there in that example where um, you could also use a situation like that to to help them understand that, okay, there's not there's not only one road right. to, to achieve your athletic goal and you are not an island unto yourself. You are still a part of this family. So anything you do has an Im- impact on the family. And that's a great point. You know, you could still want to play college soccer and that can still be your goal. And that doesn't mean that you have to play on this team that necessitates right. us driving to San Antonio and splitting. There's, there's other ways to skin that cat. Right. And that's just, you know, that's too much for us to take on as a family, but we're going to help you find other ways to, to get to accomplish to still get to that goal. Right, and I and and I think that's 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 an important part part of of athletics because it, it just because it's one child in a family, they learn their sacrifices being made for them. Yeah, exactly. And they have to evaluate. Well, first off, we need teach them they, they should be thankful. <laughs> it's not a it's not a God-given right that mm-hmm. everybody gets to do this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time that they learn that they they are the choices that they make and and goals that they seek to pursue does have an impact. Could be positive, could be negative on the family as a whole, and that is indeed something that must be considered. It it can't and and I think you're teaching a child Later, when they're married, you know, I may want to do this, but I'm married to this guy or this gal. I need to weigh what kind of sacrifice am I asking for that from them in order to follow my dreams? Um, and is that fair? And are they on board with that? Um, because I mean, I quit coaching football, which I loved, because. I looked at what what it would mean to Stephanie and what it would mean to our family down the road if I stayed doing it. Mm-hmm. And that it was because it was completely what I wanted, but I had to put it in the context of, well, what does that mean for children that might come down the road? What does that mean for our relationship? Right. And and so as you go through those situations, you're 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 wanting to teach the child, look, there's there's other people here that you're, what we're doing is impacting. There's often, I think, in this world, a selfishness that says it doesn't matter. All that matters is what I want. And there's even some that will push to say, well, you got to go after what you want. Doesn't matter what happens to the, to the rest. I mean, I, you know, this is not sports, but I always find it interesting to watch, like I, for better or for worse, I watched Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> part of it. But but I but I was I was really and it always gets me when I see somebody because there's something very attractive about somebody who says 
I know I have something to offer and I know what it is and I'm going to, to go after that 100%. There's something great about that. And that for it to re, come to fruition because of that hard work and that vision and, and, and in spite of the obstacles, because you fought through the obstacles, you said, that's the direction I'm going. There's something attractive about that, right? Mm-hmm. But you always end up seeing on the, not always, frequently you see on the backside of that, that, that pursuit of that 100%, the relationships that are damaged as a result of that. I mean, that, that, because that's the hundred percent I'm going after that and you just need to come along with me. And, um, anyway, I, I just think that there's a great deal that can be learned in, in through those circumstances. So Mm -hmm. be looking out for those opportunities and, and don't be afraid to say, we have to look at what we're doing for you in the context of what it means to our family. Right, right. Because when they have their own family, they need to say that that's fine to be able yep. to do that. Yep. And whether you're actually, I mean, you should articulate it some, but you should live it out more so yep. that when they recognize when they get older and they have their own kids, okay, this is what mom and dad were doing. Because they may or may not fully get it until they're actually living in it. Mm-hmm. So I, can we go back to the DJ example of, the, of yeah. the Texas yeah. um, baseball player? Because I think in that idea of always of being ready and and um, I think there's another way of understanding that and another lesson that that sport teaches you in that circumstance. And that's the being prepared for just the curveballs, pardon the yes, <laughs> pardon the analogy. Yeah. Hey, it's fitting for the show. Um, that life is going to throw at you. Absolutely. And here was a or the unexpected, you know, circumstances. Here was a great unexpected circumstance for him or even though he was prepared for that circumstance. Um, but sometimes it's going to be bad things. Yeah. And having to go through that, the difficulties of athletic training and the disappointments of, you know, uh, you probably coached in games, I coached in games, I played in games against opponents that we were supposed to beat on paper and we didn't because we didn't take care of our side of the ball or right. we, we just came in cocky or, or whatever. Um you, you know, the team you were supposed to make, but you didn't. The starting job you were supposed to keep, but you didn't. Um, Absolutely. The the goal that you were supposed to score, but you, but you didn't for whatever reason. I mean, just going through all of those difficulties, um, I, it helps you to, to be prepared for difficult times that you're going to face in your life and not fall apart and to come to just work through those those challenges and come out on the other side. Absolutely. That that I think that that part of it is so critical. So just I mean in a very micro I mean as small I can remember in a game uh where Trevor who rarely made errors in a big point of the game the ball went right between his legs. I mean it never happened. And it let two runs score that that ended up being mm. behind and he was devastated. Mm-hmm. And so I remember talking to him afterwards and I said, look, Trevor, listen, the rest of your life, there are days you're going to be the goat. Okay, not the goat like they talk about today. You're going <laughs> to be greatest you're, of you're, all time, the, the original kind of goat. There are days you're going to be the, the guy that... Not the sheep, that, but the goat. That, that fails to do something that impacts negatively the people who you're on the team to help. Yep. That's going to happen. So you might as well learn at eight that what's the trick to that? Call a spade a spade. I messed up. What do I need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again? And then go to work again doing that. Yep. And then just get show up the next day. Yep. It, because that's all you can do. And in a game like like baseball, basketball, a lot of a lot of games or levels where you play both sides, offense and defense. Right. One of the things you also learn is okay, I made a defensive error. I can make I gotta put it out, I gotta set it aside and I gotta come out on my offensive side and now I gotta 
chance to make up for that. Right. right? And the, and that and and so well, there's the, more of the game still to be played. I can't let what happened two innings ago affect it, me in the ninth inning. Exactly. And so there's a great and you have to certain kids hang on to things. And those longer. are learned behaviors. They are learned behaviors because I because I've I've got and, and it and it's part of their personality. Trevor was one that would just stew stew. It would yeah, you, it like would that. impact. I mean, if he made a mistake, and I'm like, okay, first off, let's get it clear. You're not perfect. Right. Okay. So let's get past perfection. This is going to happen many times in your life. Certainly probably more important than a Little League baseball game. You're still going to make that mistake, that thing that does that. So you have to talk them through that. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is what do you do with that? So you learn from it. Do I need to take more ground balls? Do I need to do whatever? I get back up and I go to work. I call a spade a spade. I apologize. I say, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> I didn't intend that to happen, and yet I, it happened, and it's my fault. And not be afraid to say that, but at the same time, I'm going to show up and go to work tomorrow to make sure it doesn't happen again. And even if it does happen again, I'm going to get up the next day. I think Michael Jordan was the one that said the most critical piece to being the best you can be is to show up every day. Yeah. I mean, he said to take the shot that's your shot to take. He's like, I missed hundreds of shots mm-hmm. that mattered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes, but I, I, I missed it. I called the spade a spade. I pushed it aside and I just moved on to the next opportunity. Yeah, addendum to the making a mistake, and we got about five minutes left. A lot of times, especially in team sports, you make a mistake, and there are other people on the field who are involved in varying degrees to to that play, let's say. And sometimes their actions may have contributed to or right. set up the mistake that, that yes. you ended up making. Learning, Learning to... In that calling the spade a spade, you still, all you say is just, this is my role in it. And you let the coach or the other players say, oh, yeah, but, you know, Bobby, he didn't do this. And so that, you don't, you don't be the one as the player and say, well, I, if I, if Bobby would have done his job, then it wouldn't have happened that I me- messed up. Well, you just it, take responsibility for yourself. Right. And that's, and that, that, you, that can be used to teach what confession is about. Right, because there's plenty of times when things happen, and and maybe even validly, you could say exactly. it happened because of, or at least what happened because this other person did this, it contributed to this situation. That's not our responsibility. It's not your place, really. It's not our place. Our our place is to just say, I did, it. and 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 I think confession is great because they they don't want a long, they, they don't want or need a long explanation. Just what did you Number do? Number and manner. Right. I mean, just get to the point and, and, not, and don't be afraid. Because anybody that pretends to be perfect or thinks that they haven't has got something to learn. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so might as well teach them in seventh, and, I mean, in seven, eight, 10, 11. And you're going to have, if they play sports, they're going to have, those are going to be multiple opportunities. And then also they're going to have successes. There's going to be days when they're the hero and to recognize, to be grateful for that, to enjoy that, yep. but don't dwell on that either. Yep. You, Hey, that was great. Thank God that I did that. I, my work paid off. Guess what? <laughs> Time to go. And I love when people say, Hey, yeah, that's great. I scored 40 points, but we lost. Big deal. I mean, so getting touted for their individual accolades n- without losing sight for the fact that they're part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. So you can do really well as an individual, but your team can lose. And so to have the right perspective on that. But, yeah. but uh, everything is, you know, in the moment, there's something very Catholic, very Christian, very, okay, I can, I can live in this moment. I've failed in this moment. I succeeded in this moment. Guess what? I got another moment tomorrow that really has very little to do other than maybe my habit of doing something correctly with what's going on. So I still have to step up to the plate <laughs> another uh, sports 
um, yeah, analogy. analogy. But I mean, yeah. I have to. I still have to do tomorrow something. Right, and you can't let that on the failure side. You can't let that sin, that moment of sin, then propel you into another moment of sin and a deeper, worse sin. You gotta, you gotta, you know, cut, cut it off and say, that's it. And say, that's it. And start over, admit your mistake, ask for the grace of God's forgiveness and And be repentant and, and start anew, turn, turn the page. Right. And so that's, I think that's great. I mean, Nick Saban's notorious for saying, you know, it's the process. It's the next play. You know, I mean, the the goal is to string together a bunch of good right, plays. Right. <laughs> but but doesn't matter what happened last time. You could have played it perfectly if the next time you're dwelling on how great I did that and then you get burned. Right. Because you're thinking how great you are. Right. Then you've not met the task. Right. So there's something about, there's something very, about the moment that I'm in, I need to do what I'm supposed to be doing the best way I know how to do it. Right. To the best of my ability. Right. And so that's another thing I like about sports. Um, so anyway, I know we're, how much time we got? Oh, not very much. But hey, I, hopefully that was helpful. Um, I, I think look for opportunities as parents to use situations that are, that manifest themselves in through athletics or dance or whatever and, and, and use those as teachable moments to kind of build up en- enough pennies, so to speak, in your savings to, to be able to go forward. But anyway, God bless you guys. Um, remember, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And I promise you, you will. God bless you guys. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Have a great one. Bye. Cross to the grave into heaven From the cross to